0: hello and welcome to the arts report for wednesday november 7th 2012. i'm megan i'm the arts director at citr 101.9 and we have a very diverse hour coming up little snoop little wrong wave little john k sampson and more here for the Arts Report on CHR 101.9. Good evening and welcome. Now, we have a packed show today, and I want to get right into it. I have some guests in studio, and we are going to talk a little bit about Snoop Dogg, or as he's known now, Snoop Lion, musician, icon, pop artist. Christina and Matt, welcome to the Arts Report. Thank you. Hello. Thanks. I, uh, now the Arts Report is sponsoring the Snoop Lion art show, Drop It Like It's Hot. Drop that It Like It's Art. Drop It Like It's Art. I knew that, too. <laughs> I'm trying to do three things at once. Um, it, this is happening, uh, this Friday at the Fall Tattooing Gallery, and Christina has been on our show before, and, uh... It's all about Snoop Dogg this time, or Snoop Lion, whatever your preference, whatever your flavor of Snoop is. What's his name is the question, and that's the song we're playing right now is What's My Name in the background for all you old schoolers. Um, Christina, tell us a little bit about, like, give us a quick recap for people who haven't heard you before about these pop art shows, and then tell us why you thought that Snoop Dogg was the next best entry after Bill Murray... Steven Seagal and the Spice Girls.
1: <clears throat> so uh, we started first with the Seagallery, which uh, came about for a Burning Man project that uh, my friends and I put together. Uh, it was a big hit on, in the desert, and we decided to bring it home to Vancouver. And we had such a fun time and a good, uh, just a good contributions that we went and did Bill Murray, and that was a huge hit. Really, really fun and uh, followed up with the Spice Girls. And it's all been about um, accessibility, inclusivity. We've had many people we don't know just bring in different types of media, lots of different types of art. And we chose Snoop Dogg because of the nostalgia factor, which has been key in the past. People can relate to him. They have a story about him. Um, He's well known. And it's just something that people can kind of make art to. It can be funny. It can be total fan art. Um, and we've had an awesome response so far, over 100 submissions for the show. So it's been a good choice.
0: And we actually have one of the artists here in studio as well, Matt Bowen, like the island.
2: Yep. <laughs> and the g- awesome beer. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite.
0: The, the actually um, Bowen Island was actually named after the beer. Little known fact. What? No, that's not true. <laughs> um, so Matt, you, you. you are as I call <laughs> A real artist. I don't know why I use that term, a real one, yeah. which you can find at MWBowen.com. And uh, so how did you get involved in the show? You have a, a submission this year and, and you've been in the shows before.
2: Well, I, I'm involved because uh, I was in the first Duneza Gallery they had, and there's kind of a funny story behind that.
0: Please tell us the
1: story. Please tell us, Matt.
2: I uh, just quit my job because I wanted to perfu- uh, pursue art full time. And I was doing a bunch of street art and I had a bunch of big posters I was putting up around town and like a Thursday before the Friday show, my friend Tom told me that he knew Christina and she was putting on a Steven Seagal-themed show and I should do something for it. And the funny thing was I had this like 6 by 8 cartoony naked poster of Steven Seagal doing like karate style katas on the beach
0: right as we as we all do at home yeah, <laughs> yeah while
2: eating a bunch of hamburgers and hot dogs and stuff and I just happened to have it and I was like oh really there's a Steven Seagal themed art show
0: and it was called Beach Brunch by the way <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I just had this thing ready and she liked it and I've been in every show since
0: so uh, for this um, latest show give us a little a little teaser about the inspiration for your piece and and what people are going to see
2: Well, Snoop Dogg is a very complex character, Mm -hmm. almost like an onion, many layers, (laughs) and he makes you cry with the Mm -hmm. beauty of his music. So my piece involves him unraveling the layers, if you will, uh, taking off the mask of Snoop Dogg and showing himself to be a Snoop lion underneath. There is a rough sketch for it on my blog.
0: It sounds really sexy. Now, you are, uh, what type of, uh, if you can describe it, what, what type of art are you doing regularly? Like what, what kind of things can people see out and about in Vancouver right now?
2: Well, there's a bunch of like cartoony street art, just like funny stuff, like Kermit the Frog stabbing Jim Henson and mm-hmm. the naked Steven Seagulls <laughs> around there too. And just, there's some heartfelt stuff. Um, but, uh. Now when I'm in these art shows, it's kind of more refined, detailed illustration. And I'm doing like giant illustrations, maybe life size, and then shrinking them down half the size. So the detail is really intense. And that's basically what I'm doing mostly right now.
0: Do you have any um, showings or projects that you're working on right now?
2: Uh, there's a great gallery that's just opened up through uh, um, Hot Art Wet City. Uh, or is it Wet City Hot Art? I mean,
1: think Hot Art Wet City. <laughs> hot Art right, Wet City
2: um either way it sounds sexy <laughs> they have just opened a, a pop-up gallery on Glen and broadway and they have a show about every month but the next one coming up is called end of the world to coincide with the mayan calendar so i'm working on a piece for that and i think it's i don't want to quote the exact date but if you look on their website uh hotartwetcity.com i think it's called you can see all the dates
0: Awesome. Now, we've had you on the show before because we uh, the, we sponsored the Zig-a-Zig Gallery, which mm-hmm. is the Spice Girls, which is a great time, and we're sponsoring this one as well. And one of the reasons, A, you're a friend of mine. It's a really fun event, and it's a great way, I think, to bring a lot of like artists together with like quote-unquote non-artists. I think we can all make art, mm-hmm. which is what I actually think behind this fun kind of silly premise is also this very... Very heartwarming, kind of community-minded art spirit. Um, you know the Burning Man spirit, mm-hmm. as we all know. Uh, a lot of there's also a lot of sand involved. Um, <laughs> sand and in <the>, genitals. <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you have you started? Um, are you even thinking about your next project at this point?
1: Um, You know what, I I unfortunately had a rough month in October, Mm -hmm. which is usually when we'll put on art parties and kind of bring up those discussions, Mm -hmm. Uh, so we haven't decided on a next show, uh, but it will be in the same, with the same principles where it's something accessible, a a person that uh, people can relate to will have a story about, and um, I think... We'll probably. I think we're gonna try to go for a Canadian icon, maybe mm-hmm, for the next mm-hmm. show. Some, which is something we haven't done before. And I think uh, you're, you're
0: Bill Shatner's. <laughs> um, you're Pamela Anderson's.
1: Yeah, we want someone who hasn't crossed over to the U.S. Mm. So yeah. Although I mean, I wouldn't mind some trekkie art, to be honest. So that would be. I don't sweet. think anyone
0: <laughs> would have a problem with that. Matt, do you have any any I'm Canadian totally icons? Because
2: Christina told me the next show was going to be called Rob Schneider uh schneid and seek
0: i did no such thing and seek? <laughs> is that is that who you he's would not pick
2: canadian. well he's an icon he
0: is an icon of is course is he canadian
2: no he's not canadian but he's an icon <laughs> as yeah. far as i know what are you
0: saying rob schneider's not worthy of an art project animal? Animal? i
1: am not making any claims is there someone uh, b- not while i'm
0: on the radio <laughs> besides a uh, rob schneider Matt, that you would like to immortalize that you haven't done so already
2: i don't know about the canadian uh, one because that Nothing comes to mind, but I am a huge Star Trek fan, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like a huge Star Trek fan. So I really would be into that. But Canadian, there's some great Canadian icons. I just can't think of one. Maybe Stephen Harper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the arts community would love that. Oh (laughs) my gosh.
0: I really do think like there's a lot of Canadians involved with Star Trek and Mm -hmm. like Alaskans. They kind of count. So they sorry. do kind
1: of count. We do have actually an Obama piece in mm. the upcoming show on Friday, so it's very topical and I think uh, a bit celebratory. He might be flipping the bird, but uh, you'll nice. see. Nice
0: as yeah. well. He should because he can do whatever he wants now. Exactly. Four more years. Okay, so so <laughs> drop it like it's art. A Snoop Dogg lion art show uh, from the creators of Stevens Gallery, Bill Umarimi, and Zig Zag Gallery. So. It will be Friday, 7 o'clock till 2 o'clock in the morning uh, at the Fall Tattoo and Gallery uh, downtown. And, uh, you know, I know that you, submissions are totally closed at this point because I know you spent all yesterday collecting art and putting it together. I
1: did. I didn't leave my house. But if you do have something and you're, like, totally hyped on it and you drop it off at the gallery before 4 p.m. on Thursday, I will let you in, so... Keep that in mind.
0: All proceeds uh, from sales on the first night. On Friday, go to the artists. Correct. You're not skimming off the top. Nope,
1: I'm not skimming at all. This it's is all for the love 100% of art. To the artists, and we have art on sale. Like most of the pieces are on sale, from ranging from five dollars to actually five thousand dollars. And we accept cash and credit this evening. First time ever. So bring all your money.
0: You guys are moving up in the world, You're getting so profesh.
1: It's it's weird. I don't know if I like it. I I, I, I want more genitals in our show. <laughs> that's for you, Megan.
0: I know. That's two. <laughs> that's two genitals. <laughs> it's not a cuss, it doesn't count uh, So that's the Fall Tattooing uh, and Artist Gallery On Seymour Street They're also a great supporter of CITR So uh, they love the arts at they the do. fall It's really actually really lovely So um, check that out on Friday at 7 And uh, is there a cost? It's by donation? or It's all by
1: donation um, So you know what, we want everyone to come There might be a line, so come early And if you are an artist who's contributed We do give you VIP access Come so. early, come often yeah, oh, and there will be two DJs playing that evening, Wyndham Earl and Jonathan Nagara who does the bike trike, so it's going to be a big dance party as well. We're bringing out all the 90s uh, R&B hits and Snoop Dogg and Dre, so it's going nice. to be,
0: uh, you know, real time. Yeah, Good. that's good art music. Everyone knows that. Yep. All right, well, thanks for joining us, guys, and I, I thought, why don't we listen to the new Snoop Lion, La La La, and, uh, I, you know, we had a christina you you this video has a special place in your heart
1: it does it's yeah. a very awkward place by heart <laughs> um
0: and uh, we will be back with the vancouver jewish film festival stay tuned
3: Walk in and talk about this one Then my laugh and go on about that one Hey what you want you can't get it get And the problem will get real dready dready Say Who feels it knows And I suppose that you never know Oh Reap what you sow. Can't break the gold when the bees won't figure. No. la 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 la. Them come again Them a-spread dirty de- lies Them a-know me friend Throw a stone and I de And the one who quill well on him Will have a problem Hey, hey. who feels it knows And I, I suppose Them heart made out of stone Oh, you read what you saw Bucket are gonna well Bottom bound to drop out Teen. Who feels it knows? And I suppose that you never know. Oh, you reap what you sow. Can't plant the corn when the bees won't grow. No. Wagwan go Drop it like it's art, a Snoop Dogg art show. You don't know. November 9th at the Fall Tattoo and Art Gallery. 7 p.m. till 2 a.m. in the morning. Currently accepting submissions for the show. All mediums accepted. Needs to be submitted by November 1st. We're running the show for two weeks pan astray. Artists receive 100% of sale on opening night. You're taking home all, all, all your money. Please email a copy of your work for submission to quickandy collective at gmail.com. It's sponsored by CITR101.9 and the Arts Report.
4: nice dude some nice ice cubes. CDs ice cream. CITR101.9 FM is pleased to invite you to a birthday party celebrating 75 years of campus and community radio excellence for 30 years on the FM dial and 30 years of the magazine. We've got a lineup of bands and exhibits to celebrate CITR's 75-year history of independent radio and support of local independent music including Miss Marr and Friends, Culture Shock, Fine Mist, Channels 3 and 4, Carol and Mark, and the new Best Friends and more. Doors open at 8, bands at 9, tickets for $10 in advance or $12 at the door plus voluntary donation. This party is one part of our alumni weekend. And if you are an alumni, past volunteer, or current member, or are connected to the history of the station, this event is for you. For more details, visit CITR.ca.
0: we are back on the Arts Report and uh, we are going to talk about the Vancouver Jewish Film Festival and uh, you know Christina and Matt are still here hanging out with me so if you guys do have any comments or Jewish film memories that you'd like to share just just let me know. So uh, the Vancouver Jewish Film Festival is the oldest Jewish film festival uh, around in town and uh, they are online from november 7th until november 15th it's the longest running jewish film festival in canada and uh, they're looking for inclusive and multicultural uh entertainment so it's not just documentaries there's comedies uh art films feature-length films anything you can think of one of the ones that i got to take a look at in advance uh was the lillian broca story return to byzantium so uh, Lillian Broca is uh, an acclaimed Canadian artist who um, has been doing beautiful pieces, uh, especially on strong women characters like um, Eve and Lilith and uh, since the 60s. And she's gone through abstract periods and contemporary periods. And then about uh, six or seven years ago, she... Um, decided to start a series on queen esther who is um the inspiration for the purim holiday and uh, celebration and she uh i mean in most basic terms liberated the jews from the persians and the bible there's a whole set of books uh surrounding queen esther and she's a very strong um female figure who kind of basically young and uh beautiful and kind of negotiates between these very powerful men and she uh, is a Byzantium figure, and Byzantium art in Romania was actually Lillian Broca's first inspiration. She says in the film about uh, her art and life that all her memories are in black and white, but the art of the local churches stands out in her mind as warm and full of color. So she decides that Byzantium mosaic is the best way to represent Queen Esther. This all sounds super sexy so far. I know. Mosaic. But after seeing the film, um, Lillian is a very thoughtful, modern, contemporary artist. So while Mosaic, you may connect that with um, you know, artisanship and craft, which of course has its own value, because of the contemporary color structures, because of the message, the feminist message, and because of actual the the beautiful technique and the form versus function, um, it, it's actually very contemporary art and has been praised. Um, one of the things she talks about in the interview that I am going to uh, let you listen in on was that, uh, you know, mosaic is actually very postmodern because it is essentially deconstruction and reconstruction. She does all of the mosaic by hand, and it's all Italian glass, and they are just gorgeous. You can check out her art at Um And first, I want to give you a, a little sense from the director, Adelina who followed Lillian for years and years in the development of her Queen Esther series of mosaics. She, uh, Adelina uh, Suvago is a local te- television film producer who works for Omni Television, among other places, and she produces uh, Romanian arts coverage. And uh, this is a-, a few minutes from Adelina talking about following uh, how, she- how she met and how she followed uh, Lillian, Through this period of her life where she began not only going back to the art of her youth, but at the end of the film returning to Romania after having fled communist rule 52 years ago. And uh, she also discovers her Jewish heritage, though she's not religious. She is um, very drawn to religious symbolism and she takes it and she converts it to her own progressive views. So here is Adelina talking about uh, developing the Return to Byzantium film with Lillian Broca. And then afterwards, we'll hear from Lillian herself.
5: I will start um, telling you the story how I've met Lillian. Um, For the past 10 years, I'm uh, an independent television producer. I'm producing the Romanian television show for Omni Television, Cable 8 and uh within the Romanian weekly television show I'm uh, promoting romanian artists uh, Romanian personalities Romanian culture uh, everything related to Romania and Romanians in Vancouver in british columbia um, in one of my shows in i recall in two thousand and four I've heard about the Jewish community center um Canadian Jewish artist um, Romanian origin will have an exhibition, um, and also a Romanian choir was uh, performing at, uh, at the event. And, of course, uh, I don't want to miss any, any uh, event in the Romanian community. I was there filming, and I had the chance to speak with Lillian. She was very busy with uh, preparing for the opening of uh, her exhibition and she promised to give me an interview and she did as soon as she she got uh, a few minutes uh, after the exhibition was open was the queen esther series presented at the jewish community center and that was our beginning so um, i presented lillian within the romanian show which is called Rompos tv And since then, we became friends. Uh, um, Each time she was uh, finishing a new piece of mosaic or uh, going through another process of uh, um, designing a new artwork, she was calling me, Adelina, Adelina, you need to see this. You must see this one. And of course, each time I was like uh, a world correspondent or reporter on call, I was leaving everything and running to her studio and filming. And after a few years, um, we decided to, I decided, and both, I convinced Lillian, she didn't want at the beginning (laughs) to be involved in a documentary. She is a very modest artist. Uh, She she has, Lillian has such an amazing um, uh, talent and she is uh, recognized internationally. Uh, for her mosaics, but she's very modest. She says, I'm nobody, I am uh, just an artist who's doing, you know, artwork. And what impressed me the most about Lillian is her patience and um, uh, passion and commitment to cut every piece of ga- glass and v- v- Uh, stick it on a paper and uh, constructing in this way amazing artwork like the queen esther she finalized in seven years Mm -hmm. for me just to do this every day was like mission impossible because uh, (laughs) i'm not a patient person so that attracted me the most and then Um, uh, her passion to uh, read and to study each character Um, she tells you uh, incredible stories Uh, she researched before she um, committed to uh, to design or um, um, do an artwork on a subject, on a topic Um, so that was with uh, Lillian and uh, I was filming all the time I was filming, 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 and then I follow Lilian, uh, um in Europe, she went for um, a mosaic uh, conference in Athens, in Greece, and then in Italy to study more mosaic, you saw this in the film, and back in Romania after 52 years, and that was an emotional journey for both of us. I'm also Romanian, I left uh, Romania 17 years ago, but Uh, Watching, filming Lillian's reaction of her coming back home was uh, extremely emotional. Um, I didn't even use the entire footage I had, because I don't like to speculate uh, within the documentaries I'm doing, the emotions, or to take advantage of the subjects, um, um, the guests I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, in my documentary productions or TV shows and show them crying or being extremely emotional. But it was an emotional journey. So uh, Lillian is brilliant. She was my inspiration, my muse.
0: And we're back. And that was Adeline uh, talking about filming and following uh, Lillian Broca around Um, and learning about her art and her trip to Romania and I was just showing uh, Christina and Matt uh, some of the art online which I'm actually just posting on Facebook right now and uh, her website is it's you kind of listen to me describe it but then I showed you and you're like oh that is interesting (laughs) it's, it's very beautiful hmm So um, I thought uh, before we take another break, I would let Lillian talk a little bit specifically about her art now. We talked for about 40 minutes, and uh, I'm not going to make you listen to all of that right now. But here, I just wanted to let you hear a little bit more about the actual way that this art is made and um, talk a little bit about the contemporary ramifications because, you know, it sounds like a very traditional, and it is a very traditional form, but there is a lot of reference within her process and within the theory that she is interested in that refers to postmodern and digital um, representation
6: in fact there is a major rebirth of this ancient art and when i started in 2002 there weren't really that many people doing it but since 2002 Many schools have uh, started in, both in Europe and in North America, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere. Some mosaics today are working uh, in an abstract manner mm-hmm. and uh, very much uh, the cutting-edge kind of style. Post, uh, post-modernism, in a way, is very, very mosaic because it deals with deconstruction and reconstruction, but I choose to be figurative. Um, There's a lot of contemporary art paintings, particularly, that are figurative. But on top of that, I am narrative. I do narrative work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, to create narrative works of art in the 21st century, as a, a serious and professional artist, I face enormous challenges. But to execute them in glass mosaics means to be infinitely more audacious really so contemporary art as i see it has undergone many transformations uh in the last 40 years but in view that our society is changing ideologies i feel that i need to formulate my own personal vision Mm -hmm. and i have to remain true to myself so for the last twenty years, my work has been invariably. Uh, uh, it has been about the powerful female and uh, assertive women, and um, the fact that it's in mosaics uh, it was really an accident, sort of like a, it was an amazing thing that happened. I saw a an image of an old. Synagogue, which later on became a church called Dura Europus, which w- was in Syria at one time. But I think that they they actually cut out the um, painted walls, and I think that now they are at the at the um, British Museum. I'm not sure about this, but anyway, I saw them on slides years ago, and as I work with powerful women and i usually work with them as metaphors for whatever i want to relay uh, to get across the message that i want to get across i thought that esther would be a perfect role model for women today when it deals with when when the issue that i want to deal with is sacrifice so i did quite a bit of research on queen esther and when I the first time I read her story in um, the Hebrew Bible, it it said there that her husband had this marvelous palace, and the floors of the palace were encrusted with rubies and porphyry, all in pleasing designs. And I thought, wow, th- this is mosaic. It's probably the first time that mosaics are even mentioned in the Bible. So because of that, I decided, well, if I'm going to, to do a whole series on Esther, I might as well do it in glass mosaic, because you see, when I was a student at Concordia, I actually completed two mosaics, and I never really took lessons, but I saw one of my professor working with glass, and without him giving me any um, lessons, I decided I was going to do it on my own, so I did that before when I was maybe 19 years old. And then in 2002 I had leftovers from those days from the Concordia days and and uh I bought some more and this is how I started doing the Queen Esther series.
0: People get obsessed with the modes of the day trying to make contemporary art, you know, digital everywhere. Um I don't want to say it's anti-digital, but it's almost a digital. It's it's this this work is uh so Tactile. Yeah. And so, in the moment when you experience it, and you're also taking something and so thoroughly recontextualizing it.
6: Well, yes, you're absolutely right. But, you know, um, ironically, um, these little tesserae, which are little bits of glass or stone uh, that mosaics consist of. They're actually very much like the digits, the digital, you know, the oh, little digits yeah. that that form a, a picture or a film, Like for pixels. That the only difference is that with mosaic, it's it's very physical, very difficult to work. It's hard. It's digital, <laughs> like, like with your
0: digits, <laughs> like with your fingers.
6: Yes, yeah, me too. So these are. Uh, like little pixels that form an image only you have to cut them mm-hmm. and there is um, there and there there is weight to them there they're tactile as you said um, and it's uh, physical work in a studio atmosphere where you it's not the same as working in front of a of computer mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it's totally different type of Artwork. I'm not saying that digital artwork is not um bona fide form of art. It is. It's just that mine, what I chose
0: to do, is different.
2: was wrong, I was right. But ten years or five years ago, no one would do that. Well,
0: the internet is We were just discussing um, a little bit more about the Snoop Dogg show and about, like, some of the... and what some of the potential next things were coming on. And we were talking about... Uh, like the misogynistic or like racist things that can come up when you 're dealing with women or like figures of color or whatever, and it 's like man don 't you hate it that you have to say please please don 't bring any blackface
1: yes, <laughs> like no, the, it's, it's two
0: thousand and twelve <laughs> people
1: it 's unfortunate, but you know what on the internet, you can see many examples of people crossing those lines, and they they think it 's paying homage to the artist mm-hmm. but um it uh it is something that you have to be careful about and regulate just for you know respect of of the artist and uh, and communities that are coming in but yeah w- you know it's it's difficult because we want to pick interesting characters for people to come out and make art about and don't want to have to regulate it too much either because mm-hmm. we want that full on participation.
2: I predict no blackface.
1: That's a good. I I hope so. Please. That's that's <laughs> a
0: that's a good prediction. I I hope we can all stand by it. Um, it's, it's important to be, I mean, I don't, there's a thing about art of like being sensitive and I think people think that not outrageously offending uh, an entire group of people is like, (laughs) don't be so sensitive. I'm like, that's not sensitive. You have to be pretty insensitive to, you know, do something like that.
1: But there is that, um... The group of people who just aren't aware that that is an issue. And that's uh, why there's no problem, too, in in, uh, gently bringing it forward for the people who don't know, right? And uh, I think as being part of the people who are aware that that is an issue, that -hmm. that we can be advocates and bring it forward, right? Well, now
2: they know because everyone listens to this
0: show. That's true. Retweet,
1: please. (laughs) And retweet your ideas (laughs) for the show.
0: Well, speaking of sensitive, uh, we have, we had a little conversation that I was very excited about uh, earlier today with John K. Sampson of the Weaker Thans uh, in the distant past. He was part of Propagandy, and uh, he's actually the UBC creative writing writer in residence. And so uh, here's a little bit of his new album, Provincial, where he traces Roads of Manitoba, and this is When I Write My Master's Thesis.
3: <laughs> Shoot some things Later the darkness hits reboot And the loneliness increases She said she'd come back home
0: I wanted to uh, give you a little more information about John K. Sampson's visit to Vancouver so he's in town from the 5th to the 9th and he is the UBC creative writing um, writer in residence and what this means is that he will be on campus he will be talking to uh, students in the creative writing program and f- participating in workshops and then he will be back again in February with his uh, lovely wife Christ- and uh, songwriting partner Christine Fellows on friday november 9th at seven thirty, um before you go to the snoop dog art <laughs> show and Thank it you. is looking to uh this this show actually with uh, with john is looking to sell out um he will be just him and his guitar and he will also be uh interviewed so that you can learn a little bit more about his process um then uh back uh, again as i said in february he is also the editor and co-founder of arp which is arbiter ring um, publishing which is actually speaking of jewish culture a reference to a socialist jewish workers group who uh, brought a lot of reform to (laughs) uh the ontario workers um in the past he also has a book uh, uh with uh lyrics and poems 1997 to 2012 which is of course published by arp and uh, you can uh, check out that at arpbooks.org so he stopped by earlier today to talk to both myself and selena who is our cancon coordinator and hosts all canadian farm show mondays at 3 p.m and uh we we talked quite a bit and it was a really great conversation about writing about music about regionalism oh All the good stuff that gets me going. But I thought the excerpts that I'm going to play for you now are about being a writer in residence and what that is going to mean for him specifically. And uh, we'll get a little bit about... him defining himself as a writer versus a musician and then um you will be able to check out our Mixcloud as always for the extended version of our conversation and you'll learn a little bit more about his music and the music that he likes he recommends books like eating dirt by charlotte Gill and the brothers sisters which are both excellent books i won't well, uh eating dirt we've actually reviewed and interviewed on the show before and then for for music he rep- he recommends uh, local bands like uh baby eagle so let's listen to uh john Keane Sampson of the weaker thans and recent solo project uh provincial which you just heard the track when i finished my master's thesis which he uh, does not have he acts as a speaker and a presenter because of his excellent talent but he says he has about two credits in a bachelor's degree and uh he believes that the actual touring that he did when he was 18, you know, that was his school, but it did extend his adolescence. And you know what? I think for all of us who have uh, done some schooling, I think uh, university extends all of our adolescence too. So, six of one, half a dozen of the other. So here's John K. Sampson of The Weaker Thans, writer in residence for the UBC Creative Program for 2012-2013. Yeah, yeah. So you're out here for, from the 5th to the ninth. And then you're back again in the in
7: February for two weeks, yeah, with Christine Fellows, my my wife and songwriting partner.
0: Now, like for so so the residence part of the writer in residence is uh, Mm -hmm. a little nebulous in this. Yeah, for
7: sure. Yeah, we'll be here three weeks in total, and then but we'll be working online with some projects we're doing a collaboration between the music department and. The creative writing department, Mm -hmm. with some students that I'm meeting with tomorrow, and then we'll work um, over the over the next kind of six months on on kind of collaborations between the two departments. So,
0: and you've been doing that since the fifth now, right? Mm -hmm. So, how is it going so far? What are some of the the interactions been like? Great! I gave a
7: lecture yesterday to uh, the the creative writing two hundred class, which was really fun. Talked and s- it did played some songs, um, and uh, uh, so it was like a lecture that I prepared, which I really enjoyed. It was a little nerve wracking, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in on two grad classes this week, and then playing a s- playing a show and meeting with people. And uh, I just I've been meeting with uh, with um, some faculty and, and and students, and then uh, playing a show at the Chan Center on Friday. Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of the first week, just kind of a, um, just kind of wandering around, really.
0: It's a it's a gorgeous campus. Isn't yeah, it? it's beautiful. Yeah, and I love when it. It's not under construction, which is never. Yeah, it's true. Better. It does seem <laughs> it
7: like there's a lot of construction. It's true, but no, it's a lovely spot, and uh, yeah, it's really it's been, it's it's great to kind of just hang out.
0: Um, I'm wondering about now. So you, obviously, prolific writer, and you mm. are managing editor and co-founder of ARP. Right. Arbitering Publisher. Yeah. Now, um, what is your... Do you have an academic background as well? Obviously, mm-hmm. you have a song about writing your master's right. thesis. Right. Do you ever get <laughs> that bad boy No, Did you I ever never... Start?
7: I didn't even start. I got... Uh, uh, I went for about six months when I was 18 to the University of Winnipeg, and then I went again for, uh, I think, one semester when I was... Twenty-seven or so. So, I I think I have two credits or something <laughs> like that <laughs> towards That's my right undergrad degree. Yeah. So I never did, but a lot of my friends, like I started touring when I was eighteen, um, and really never stopped for the last twenty years. So I never really got to go to university, um, but a lot of my friends did and have stayed as academics. Actually, a lot of my friends are academics and it's a, a kind of life i've always admired mm-hmm. actually i think um i think it kind of gets uh um somewhat uh, bum rap in the kind of larger culture but i think that um the life of the mind and and uh, kind of uh, a kind of life dedicated to to uh, a kind of scholarly ethic is really profound and interesting to me so so yeah it's certainly been something that i think about a lot
0: I mean in that song what's interesting is that there is a bit of a implication about time kind of standing still while you're working mm-hmm. on your master's thesis. Right, right. And, you know, there's there's the video games and sure. the relationship and yeah, it's yeah. I mean it's a whole narrative and mm-hmm. it's like a, a a very familiar picture for those of us yeah, who have done yeah. any time in university. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um is that something that you picked up from your friends or from or was it kind so. of ironic uh, a pop culture kind of reference no
7: i think it was something i picked up from my friends and also from just um from fiction like uh, there's a, a lot of naturally there's a lot of fiction yeah. written about the academy mm-hmm. in a way so and that's always been a genre uh, a genre of fiction that i've enjoyed the the campus novel you know mm-hmm. so um so that's that's certainly uh, like something that i i was interested in you're right but it, and it's one of those coming of age um. Uh, rituals, really, the master's thesis in a way, for a lot of people I know, and and so it's 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 of course going to be met with, um, with, fear and anxiety and trepidation mm-hmm. about the implications for what it means to finish something, and I and think to that called
0: a master, and to be called a master of, something. Now what master of something, that's right.
7: <laughs> then what do you do? But yeah, exactly. And and so for me, it's kind of a nice metaphor for. For a whole bunch of kind of moments in our lives where where um, where we do or do not um, accomplish what we set out to do
0: you define yourself as a musician first rather than a writer first, or is that is mm. there a difference and you know what made you um, what where does your love of music and your passion for music versus considering mm. yourself a writer and kind of pursuing right. writing short stories or novels? Um, yeah, yeah if, if you could tell me a little bit about that, what those things mean to you, that would be interesting.
7: Sure. I guess I call myself a writer because that's what I always aspired to be when I was a kid. I never really aspired to be a m- musician, but music was a really integral part of my life from the beginning. I was kind of raised in a Lutheran church where the liturgy was sung and kind of all these kind of talk sung in a way that I sort of do now. like, mm-hmm. And it kind of crams words into into structures that don't quite fit the words mm-hmm. in a way so that's kind of a legacy I think of that and uh, and and then um, when I left the church as a teenager as most teenagers often do and found a kind of replacement in politics and 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 kind of structures of thought like Marxism that became kind of another way of understanding the world and kind of well would form the kind of foundation of the kind of work i make so um but i think uh yeah i think I think of myself as a writer first off and um and a musician in a kind of more uh, um, occasional way like I don't really think of my, when I think of myself i don't i'm not i'm not a very good musician, like I'm really <laughs> frankly not, I'm a really workman like guitar player. I'm really familiar with the guitar but I've never mastered it like in any I've never even come close to doing that but I can use it as a tool that works for me so to express I- myself.
0: Music is like the medium in the industry that you write in.
7: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's the vessel in a way. Yeah, <laughs> the delivery yeah. device. The delivery <laughs> device, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I also just wanted to touch a little more specifically on the show on Friday. Sure. Because um, I'm, I think what we'll do is um, we're both gonna take a copy of this and use it for our own devices. Oh, cool. But yeah, yeah. I'd like to do a little clip on the show tonight at yep. five, and then okay. post the rest online. Um yeah. But yeah, uh, so y- in the in the release, they're talking about you performing your music as it was written which just right, john right, right. And yeah sure. and john yeah and um is that for you is that the purest expression and, and what are what are people going to kind of um no experience uh, sure
7: i think the show will be interesting i don't think that um that uh it's the purest expression of the songs but it is a form of of understanding the songs i guess for me in a way and the show's going to be it's going to be um Sort of one quarter interview on stage interview with keith Millard, who's a a, a great writer and and someone i 've always admired who teaches in the creative writing program here, so he's going to interview me for fifteen minutes or so and then i'm going to play for twenty and then we'll do another interview and then i'll play for another twenty and and it will kind of make an evening of it, so I think it'll give me an opportunity to kind of think about the songs in in a in a kind of immediate um, interviewed kind of way and I'm looking forward to that I think it'll be fun and then I'll play yeah I'll play the songs kind of I guess yeah as they emerged kind of um before I took them to to various people I've played them with so um
0: maybe maybe pure mm-hmm. is not a word maybe it's right more skeletal, like yeah
7: exactly yeah you'll get the skeletons of the songs like in the a way, skeleton the is not the
0: pure human being but it's <laughs> exactly what yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's what it's <laughs> built happy, on <laughs> yeah
7: in a way so for sure yeah so and I don't often play that way. Um I've done I've done some performances like that but um but so yeah, I guess I guess uh hopefully it'll be it'll be a little oh, bit interesting oh, for <laughs> for people who come. But um I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. It's a lovely room as well, so
0: and thank you very much to john k Sampson for joining us and here we have uh track seven off of provincials which is his latest album which is his first solo album and uh, come and check out john learn a little bit more about his songwriting um as he himself will say, his music is is pretty simple. Um, it's really about the lyrics and about the storytelling and the characters of his work. So, if you're interested in that type of writing and in creative writing and in communication in that way, please come and down to the Chan Center on Friday, 9 p.m. Tickets are 10 bucks for students, 15 bucks for regulars. And um, you can also check out his uh, release, Lyrics and Poems, 1997 to 2012, published by Arbiter Ring Publishing. We are going to take a, a real quick break, and then when we get back, um, we will round out the hour with some information about the upcoming Wrong Wave Festival, which is kind of like a non-narrative, uh, more ad hoc, more even more underground New Forms Festival. Um, but I uh, wanted to just give a, a sh- couple of shout-outs before we take a break to some events that are coming up. Uh, first of all, from November 8th to 11th, it's the Vancouver Indigenous Media Arts Festival, film, video, music, performance, and media arts. You can get festival passes at VIMAF2012 at com, And there is a, a gala on the 8th. You can find all sorts of uh, film programs as well as shorts and... Uh, special tea service after the screening on the November 11th all sorts of fun stuff so um, there's at the VI MAF Festival Lounge and Cinema on uh, 111 West Hastings Fortune Sound Club on Pender and uh, the National Film Board Pacific on Abbott so yeah it looks uh, looking at the lineup Looking at a lot of films and uh, some multimedia presentations. And then on the 9th, you have A Tribe Called Red at Fortune Sound Club, which is uh, actually some great stuff. I really like them a lot. Um, I've been listening to them the last couple weeks. Um, So, yeah, check them out on Twitter at at V I M A F or vimaf.com, and you can get tickets on Eventbrite. We also have coming up um, the... Uh, diwali on the 10th which is uh vancouver celebrates diwali from november 3rd to 10th i recently spoke to one of the fusion duos that is performing at diwali downtown which is a free series of events at the roundhouse on saturday amika kushwaha and cassius khan and they um talked to me a little bit about kathak dancing and tabla drums and they're actually a married couple who work together And uh, besides actually learning a little bit about these various forms, I also talked a little bit about the idea of world music and how that can be a little bit alienating for people who are working in traditional forms from around the world. So it was an interesting conversation. You can check that out on citr.ca or I've posted our Mixcloud MP3 on facebook.com artsreport.com. So, uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will uh, hear about the Wrong Wave Festival. And then after the Arts Report, we're going to wrap up uh, around uh, a little late today, around uh, five after six. Uh, You can stick around for the uh, UBC on air, Arts on Air, episode three with Daniel Heath Justice, new chair of the First Nations program and member of the Department of English, interviewed by our own Ira Nadell. Stay tuned. (laughs)
4: Come to Kensington West on Saturday, November 17th from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the W2 Space at 111 West Hastings Street. Presented by Broken Pencil Magazine, $5 at the door gets you a prison issue of Broken Pencil and access to a variety of underground zines, comics, and micro-press books for sale. We've got a panel of activists, writers, and artists discussing the relationship between controversy and art, and you won't want to miss our Real Vancouver Writers series either. Plus, we're bringing back the one-two punch book pitch where our judges will tell you what they really think about your book idea in front of a live audience. For the complete festival lineup and to buy advanced tickets, visit www.brokenpencil.com slash canzine hyphen Vancouver or look us up on Facebook. Sponsored by Discorder Magazine. That magazine from CITR 101.9 FM. Look out for Discorder at Kanzine West. And check out the on air, Tuesdays, 4.30 p.m.
0: And we are back. So, we are listening right now to a track from New Balance called Menem. And you can check out this track at HelenPittGallery.org or Unit Pit Projects. And why should you do this? I'm going to tell you. Just wait a second. Gosh. So Wrong Wave starts on Wednesday, November 7th at the Waldorf Hotel. That is tonight. And you can listen to New Balance, Stefana Fertilla, and Roman nanning Watson, And Spectrum Interview with Merlin Chipman. And these are all uh, art rockers of various kinds and Uh, various visual and multimedia performances. So in 1984, there were two nights of music and performance by uh, 11 bands uh, putting on multidisciplinary sound and theatrical performances. No government funding, and uh, it was put on by what was then the Helen Pitt Gallery. Now, in 2011, they decide to bring wrong wave back wrong wave 2 art rock is dead long live art rock was three days now with a little bit of government funding bands featuring uh, bands like myths flash palace dj ellie Bornowski, the beelines cowards and more this year uh starting tonight and going through the weekend there are four nights including free panels for wrong wave art rock believes in reincarnation an art rack is a pretty loosely defined genre, and uh, it looks like this year a lot of the artists are coming at it from an electronic or electro-acoustic point of view, but all they're all pushing the limits of modern music, so that remains. Um, there's a couple of entries like uh, Plays 4 and Flash Palace and 80 Sun who all involve uh, Jonathan Shukwu. Uh, and uh, tonight's uh, lineup, I've already told you, Tomorrow Night at the Waldo for his Francis Cruz with uh, Jabari Jordan-Walker, New Vaders, and Aquarian Foundation. Who we are going to listen to a little bit right now. This is Aquarian Foundation. And uh, then on November uh, 9th at 9 p.m., there's 80 Sun, The Peace Project, and... Um, 80 Sun with the Peace Library Project launch. So the Peace Library Project is um, basically a part of um, the whole festival, and they will be doing live research and excavation for two weeks after the festival ends. And that's something we can go in, and all the work of the Research and Presentation Collective, which is putting on this whole situation, um, they will be um, going through all the materials and creating kind of like a library from Creative Commons work. Um, I thought that I would let Stephanie and Amanda, who are part of the research and presentation collective, let us know a little bit about how they met and how they decided to approach this year's wrong wave. They started as interns at the Helen Pitt Gallery last year during wrong wave, and they decided to keep it going and make it a little weirder.
8: And and how that changes how people act when they view
9: it. Ellis, uh, who's on the panel, Ellis Sam, he actually curated a series of, of um, musical slash art performances in the unit pit space last spring as a prerequisite program to the reading room that we opened up.
8: Oh,
0: okay.
9: Yeah, and um, those were all like low-key shows, very intimate, and they brought, I think that everyone ca- who came to the show was sort of, they didn't they didn't come with the pretension that they were going to party or that they were going to be engaging critically was like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, right? It was an experiment, mm-hmm. basically. Music in an art space. And I think that like when we sort of have this like we like displace music from like a music venue and you put it into an art gallery, it makes it changes the way people look at the the music mm-hmm. they start to consider it as art perhaps you know maybe more than they did before one of the great things about wrong wave is that we had no idea what ta- what was what was going to be put on we basically just asked some musicians or some artists to do something essentially they're commissioned sets mm-hmm. And we're like, we still don't really know. What we to still don't for really sure. know. <laughs> so you
0: guys get to attend the festival kind of as a festival attendee uh, yeah, instead of having yeah. to, like, yeah. oh, I know all about it. Yeah, yeah. and it's,
9: it's, it's nice because it totally separates the, like, administrative aspect of mm-hmm. it, you know? Just being, mm-hmm. like, a- able to attend the shows and not have this, like, premonition or expectation of how you think it's going to pan out. It'll, it seems like... Yeah. Um, it's a dream
0: for a lot of musicians or artists to curate the show that they want to see. But, of mm-hmm. course, by the time they're done organizing it, they probably hate everything about <laughs> it. And yeah. so you get to kind of, you get to have the best of both worlds. <laughs> and what we, what are your, like, what are the mediums that, that you guys work in or where you study in curation?
8: Yeah, well, I think that's cool, too, because, like, we, we have somewhat different... Interest in that regard, like that's true. Stephanie's uh, more on the curating end, and I'm more on like the creative end, like uh, like artist, I guess. So, so yeah. yeah.
9: Or do you do you paint or do you do sculpture yeah, or Yeah, sculpture, whatever, whatever. they'll let you get yeah. into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to be a photo major, and then I was like,
0: this. <laughs> photography le- leads. Does it lead naturally to a certain degree into curation because you are framing uh-huh. and presenting yeah. images and and objects seems like that there's a curatorial bent to photography. There's
9: definitely that that like compositional aspect mm-hmm. of it.
0: I guess that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah, yeah,
9: totally, totally. Um but I I feel as if like curating is less less and less about display and more and more about interactivity and like just sort of like where your mind can go from looking at something that isn't necessarily, like, composed in a subject in a subjective or objective, like, notion of, like, beauty or intelligence or conceptualism or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think probably, like, a lot of the, like, art areas
8: um, could lend themselves to curation. Like, that argument could be made for a lot of the yeah. different disciplines, for but sure. There are a lot of curators are artists also. So in mm-hmm.
9: terms of, like, the music, though, um, and musicians wanting... To have the um, opportunity to have some, um, some like say or whatever in how their music gets put on, I think that comes a lot into um, like performance art. Basically, like we're talking about, like in the, like you know, a lot of artists are wanting to know the specifics of the space where they're playing in because their set is being implicated by their space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like that's a kind of curating as well. And we want to be able to give avenue for them to do that and we've been in pretty close dialogue with most of our musicians saying like let us know what you need to fulfill your vision blah 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 like let us know if you need to evolve um your 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 uh, approach like we can help you you and we don't we're we're trying to be as like cooperative and supportive as possible Mm -hmm. for our musicians and artists
0: uh, and then, so there's going to be a like a live research project going on in residence at Unit Pick. You tell us, like, what? What is that? What does that
8: mean? Well, I think that means that the, uh, that they're going to be like
9: continually adding to their library as the residency progresses. Basically, they're going to have a whole bunch of materials that Amanda and I are going to contribute, and they're going to excavate, you know, that um, the sort of like the co- the contribution that we've made, and that's a collaborative form it's basically like even though we're not physically present there like our like i don't know like our intellectual like materials are there and then um like obviously like we invite people to come in and like go through the materials and also you know um try and begin collaborative projects with uh sharona and tanner while they're there like And, like,
8: listening stations for music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, because
9: they're not... I I think that there are a lot of, like, publication endeavors that are happening around. Mm -hmm. But I think that what makes Peace Library distinct is that they also... um, They use the the verb publish uh, to describe music Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's, like, publishing music. Um, And it's interesting because it's sort of, like, Cladenstein because there's no record label, you know, or whatever. And, like, it's just... It's really, really about dissemination of music and, and printed and matter and it's not about like this exchange of um monetary exchange mm-hmm. or anything like that now do you have any um
0: do you have any themes or like sub
9: approaches to each night there's definitely no narrative yeah yeah mm-hmm. a narrative is a bit too didactic i think mm. for what we're trying to achieve Okay,
0: interesting, yeah. interesting. And so each night, kind of, um, and each artist collaboration kind of works
9: independently, leaving it open to, to people to pick and choose what they're what they're interested in going to. Well, yeah, I think the funny thing is, is that when we were asking uh, musicians and artists to um, participate in Wrong Waves, they'd say like, "Oh, what's the theme?" Mm-hmm. or like, "What do you want me to do?" Or like. What are my limitations? Everyone wants to know what their limitations are immediately because that's what they encounter when they get opportunities to exhibit their music or their art, right? Like the architectural limitations, the time limitations, et cetera. But we were, like, so hands-off. We were like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. the place that it will be at. <laughs> this yeah. Is well, the yeah, I think that right now is the time, is mm-hmm. a really good time to be able to facilitate that much, mm-hmm. like, liberty. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm
0: and thank you very much to stephanie and amanda a little plays for from soundcloud.com plays for you can also check out the other music that i played Uh, soundcloud.com plays for before that was soundcloud.com the aquarian foundation and before that was new balance which is also on soundcloud but i found on the unit pit website um so uh, I would definitely recommend checking out some of the music. And then there are two kind of alternative events. There are the panels uh, at uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday free. And you can listen to uh, M- Matt Tanner and uh, Soledad Munoz. And- Uh, Sam Ellis, who are going to speak about interdisciplinary art and and they are all local artists and you can ask them questions and they are going to give a little speech about um, multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary collaboration. And uh, thank you to the Research and Presentation Collective for stopping by. They were curating the festival. And I'm actually really interested about this piece, Library. Residency. So, as I mentioned, they're launching that on Friday with three performances by 80 Sun, and uh, it will be continuing as a residency after um, with Sharona, Franklin, and Tanner Matt. And um, it's two weeks live research that invites the artist and music community to contribute to future projects. So, um, check that out again. It's only five bucks, and the show is at nine for the launch, and then it will continue at the Unit Pit project space um, for two weeks. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Arts Report. We're going to play out with a little Plays 4, and then um, we are going to move into UBC Arts on air. So thank you very much to Christina and Matt for joining us in studio. You're welcome. Thank you, Megan. Too bad we don't have, as Matt said, the B-sides. That's true. Oh, you
2: should have heard what we talked about.
0: Yeah. Oh, so it smart and really yet so stupid and so sexy. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you very much to Stephanie uh, and Amanda for joining us, as well as uh, Lillian Broca and Adelina for subjecting themselves to my interviews, and John Cade Sampson as well. Uh, check us out at citr.ca and on Twitter at citr arts report and Facebook arts report facebook.com/slash arts uh, Stay tuned for UBC Arts on Air, and please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. for more Vancouver Arts. I'm Megan, and I am out.